little bit back on what God has done amongst us. And then also we, we usually take time to just greet some people that we will not necessarily be the last time that we'll see them, but it's kind of the last time or it's the, the, the officialness of being part of us and, and moving on as, as we just kind of pray them out and celebrate them as well. So um, just before we get to those things, I just quickly want to um, do a couple of announcements so I, or, or just quickly welcome some people. So if you are here for the very first time at a Just Gen congregation, if you can please give us an indication, it will be good for you to, to, to give us an indication. All right, all right. It's Pierre, I met Pierre, Pierre and his family. Awesome. So guys, if you can, we, you, you'll see, we'll, we'll uh, hand you guys some slip out. If you guys can please fill that in and just give it in for us, Dan, where can they give it in afterwards? At, at the coffee shop. So, okay, 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 okay. So there's, there's two spots where you can give in your form. You can give it into the info desk, um, which would be a fairly good option. Or you can give it in at the coffee shop, and then you get a free cappuccino, all right? Pick or choose. So, um, yeah, anyway, it's great having you guys. I trust that you guys will enjoy this morning with us. It's going to be a little bit of an in-house meeting. Maybe you guys will see some something of just who we are about and what God has been doing in our midst. Then I, um, I also just, before we keep going, I, I uh, want to just give a... a a little bit of an encouragement concerning finances. Um, let me just take my mask off. I feel like I'm a... Um, I, I, uh, I say to the guys with me, usually when I'm tired, the, um, the things that I like least tends to, tends to go. So with me, when I'm very tired, where admin used to be quite a big thing for me to do, it suddenly becomes a mountain for me, you know. And I tend to just let go of all those things. The other thing that I've found when I get tired that I let go of is uh, just disciplines. I find that um, it just becomes easier for me to um, not eat as good as I usually do. And uh, it also just becomes easier for me to sometimes slip on my time with God. The other thing that I'm also um, quite bad in if I get tired in is my discipline in regards to how I spend my money gets uh, um, quite off as well. And I tend to just be um, less guarded than just how I spend money and so on. So I, I know we're on, on the verge of uh, December here, and uh, um, I know many of us are tired. And I want to ask us just as we go into December... Um, and as we go into um, breaking, that we would still keep the God on in the way that we speak, uh, the, the way that we use uh, finances. Please try and not, not uh, um, take on holiday places or take on holiday ventures that you just simply can't afford and take the whole year to try and pay off and kind of sacrifice for what you've done in moments of tiredness and moments of, you know, just God's being off. If anything, can we can we try and and just be guarded in this area, especially this this time of the year? 
And then I want to ask, you know, I, I've, we've been, um, we, we, we've not been hammering on, on tithes and offerings on this uh, throughout the year. It's something that we've trust you guys. And just from, from what it looks like, you guys have actually been very faithful in this area. And I want to I wanna commend you guys just again on the way that there's really been a giving culture in our midst. There's been things that we've been able to take on far and far and beyond just tithes and offerings. We've been able to help guys, and our pantry has been really pumping, and it's been really great. But I, I and, and I'm, I'm probably reflecting a little bit just even on, on me in this time of tiredness, you know, that, that our, our God, even to our, our God, not our God, our God, in, our, in the way that we, we, we spend money and our faithfulness to God, that that will not, that will not drop in this time, right? And uh, the temptation to use of what is God's for other things, that we will not, that will not fall in this trap, that we will remain faithful um, in this area. So just again, just informational, for tithes and offerings with us, we don't send boxes around, just we want to be COVID-friendly. In regards to those things, if you want to, uh, obviously for visitors, doesn't apply to you at all. If you guys are part of us, I think you know the drill. But again, you can just go on our website. You'll find the banking details there. And whatever you need to pay in, you can just pay in there. Just put in reference Stellenbosch. AM. AM. All right. Um, and then I'm, I'm going to, we are saying goodbye to quite a number of people today that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call up now so that we can just pray pray them out and, and hug them and, and love them one last time. But uh, um, there is, is someone that's leaving today that's been with the church for almost from the beginning and yet uh, really a massive impact on the church. He served like, like, uh, um, like few I've ever seen. And he's given himself not only in serving, but in the way that he loved people. Really, a lot of who we are today is because of the investment that that guy has done in our midst. And uh, um, yeah, it's it's we're saying to many goodbye, but we're going to say goodbye to him as well. So I ask him just to share. It's Gunter. Gunter, if you can come to the front. So I've, I've asked Gunther just to share a little bit on maybe his experience on the time here, what God has done, and then also on just if he has any encouragement to us, we would love to hear that. So. Oh, Lord, it's like 150 beats per minute now. From the this high in months. Um, okay. <laughs> Yo, guys. Uh, it's okay. I'll do the fan. Um, Yo, yeah. Okay, project. Here we go. Hey guys, yeah, it's been really as I'm driving in here to Yonkershoek, it's just been like wow, like this time here it was really a gift from God. Like he could have placed me in any congregation at any time, but he chose to add me here and yo, it was just such a gift for me. Like it's now been like eight years I've been part of this congregation and yo, like I've grown so much and you know, it's difficult to say, okay, what, what last thing can I leave? What can I share? What can I say? And, yeah, I just wanted to share this one little story. Like, um, you, I, when I was, in, I was in Bible school for one year, a little gap here, Carla was leading there. 
And just to paint a picture of the person I was, after church, I would directly go to my room and go sleep. <laughs> like, I was just, I was like, oh, I made so much mistakes in Bible school. And when I came to Stellenbosch, I'm like, I can't do this now again. Um, I need to feel like God has got something for us we need to tap into. And if we're just going to go sleep <laughs> and just be do nothing, yo, it's going to really suck. So Stellenbosch, yo, I was starting out as a very, very big introvert. Like, yo, I was so shy to speak with people. And, yeah, it was quite difficult, actually, to reach out and step out. But somehow, I just got myself, and actually through the encouragement of a lot of you guys, um, especially Martinez and herself, yo, they encouraged me so much over all these years. Yo, it really made a big impact in my life. And, yeah, I think I just changed a lot. I really had this orphan mentality and orphan living. Like, can I, can I go here? What? But it was really, like, difficult for me to belong to a group of people. I always felt like an outcast or... Um, someone who doesn't belong, you know, an outsider. And coming into a new congregation, we luckily that time we were only, I think, two comms, like about 30 people. So it's quite easy to fit in. Like, <laughs> you're part of the whole gang, like if you just are there. And it, it was easy to easier, but it did take time for me to really slot in. And I really struggled with the thing of belonging, but not just in a church setting my whole life, even in Bible school, even in high school, in primary school. I think it's a big thing. Maybe in, in many of our lives, you know, you feel like, but I don't really belong. I don't really fit in. And I had that thing long over my life um, where it just was difficult to, you know, to just feel I belonged. But I think what was cool for me, as I sp just spent time, um, I think you get a lot of head knowledge in Bible school. And you can think, okay, now I'm a good Christian because I've got all this knowledge in my head. But that doesn't make you more like Jesus. You need to actually live with him. Um, you know, live with his people to really change. And I think... That's what I experienced. I knew in my head I'm an orphan. I knew I didn't really feel like I belong in God's household. But you can't change it by just saying, but this is a lie and going to the truth. I think it changed for me by living in a healthy church family time and time again over years. Um, and when it got difficult not to like eject and run off, but really stay in that space and really abide and trust that Jesus will form that in you. So it's uh, something cool I learned is if you feel like you don't belong, it, it doesn't mean you're in the wrong place and you need to go somewhere else to find your place of belonging. But actually, but, but just stay there, just abide. Because Jesus needs to form something. He had to form something in me that I do belong, um, despite how I feel. So it's great. Now, going to the next congregation, I will start off from a place that I belong, even though I'm new. Because Jesus did something in my heart already. So it's just an encouragement I want to leave with you guys. If you feel like you don't belong, trust that Jesus will change something in your heart. And don't run away. Um, we need to persist and allow him to form that in us. So that's the one thing. I think the biggest thing the Lord did for me over the last eight years, I can finally say I belong. This is my family. Um, you know, I can go sleep over at any one of your guys' places. <laughs> All the guys. Um, so it's so cool. Like really, you know, I, I feel part, you know. <laughs> um, so that's really, really cool to see because I did struggle with that thing long. I knew for eight years of my head, this is what it should be like. But looking back, I, I really do feel like I'm part now. And it's something that Jesus did in my heart. And not just, and I feel like I fit into this group, which is really cool. Um, yo, and then just one thing I, I can leave. With, uh, actually, I want to read a scripture with that. I don't think it's necessary. But just quickly put it on Romans 8. Just such a cool scripture to actually ground it in the word or the experience. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons by whom we cry, 
Abba Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs of Christ, provided that we suffer with him in order that we may also be glorified with him. So that's just such a cool scripture. I've been reading that thing for years and years, but it really feels like, wow, the Lord really does it. He's the one who, his Holy Spirit makes us a son, uh, makes us belong. Cool. And then, um, yeah, so Carla asked me like one, one last message you can leave with the congregation. Like, yes, what, what one thing do you leave? And I try to just uh, try and observe like, okay, what, what, what do I have that I think I've been walking in that hopefully will, will carry some authority and maybe just some, you know, you know not just, hey, guys, <laughs> be prophetic dancers and stuff like that. That's not, you know, not all the time I carry that. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so let's, I'm going to start with a scripture, maybe Philippians 2, verse 3 to 8. Um, so this is just such a cool scripture. I'll, I'll share a bit more on it after I read it. Do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but made himself nothing, taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Okay. Yeah, so, which really stands out for me in this part, is like really not to count your life as anything. That's actually the call of Jesus in all of our lives. Like, not to think, but okay, I'm a bit more important than this person, so I'm not going to go speak to that person. Um, but actually saying, but whoever is you, whoever is new, just, this is just an example. I'll go speak to them, no matter who I am, no matter how much it costs me, because it's Jesus' heart that we go love the lost, go love the outsider. And I think it's such a crucial thing for us to know, because as long as you hold on to your life, and you count your life as something valuable, you won't be able to, just let it all go, let it all die. The thing Jesus actually is asking of us, he asks us to pick up your cross, deny yourself, follow me. He asks of us to, to die so that we can really live. So that's just one last message I would like to leave with you guys and hopefully my example can, can be also emphasize that, I hope, is that not to, to count your life as anything. Be willing to just become the least, no matter who you are, because that's the example Jesus gave us. So my encouragement is like we will really, I would love to see just a group of people who really, they don't count their lives as anything. They'll go wipe the floor with a dirty cloth. They'll stay longer than they actually need it. They'll come earlier than they actually should. Just because, man, what is Jesus asking of me? How can I obey him? Yeah, I think that's my last few words. Yeah, Jesus, just thank you for your work in us, Father. Thank you that you love us. Thank you that you desire us to become more like you and your son. And Father, I just want to pray, Lord, that for all of us, Lord, you will help us not count our lives as anything, Jesus. And Father, we will lay our lives down at your feet, Lord, knowing that, Jesus, you set the ultimate example of emptying yourself. Father, you who are God emptied yourself and became like a man. 
became a servant to us, Jesus. So I pray, God, when we follow in your footsteps, God, will you do something in our hearts that we will stop counting our lives as anything, counting our lives as significant, Father, but actually say, but Lord, we are here, we are yours, Father. We want to obey you, Lord. So help us, Lord, to empty ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. All, all the guys, so all the guys that is uh, finishing up with us this year, if they can please come to the to the front. Look, it's the one time that you like it when there's not many responding to the altar call. <laughs> So I, I just, uh, uh, we, we are a family, you know, it's, it's, it's not just a, 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 a tradition that we go through as church. So I'm going to ask, you know, that all of us or those that see them as family and that know them that maybe come to the front and let's just come around them and pray for them and then we'll send them. Father God, yeah, thank you so much, God, for what you came to do in Christ. Thank you that you came to set us free, and thanks that you came to reconcile us to us. And thanks, God, that we got to know these people through what you did. And thanks, Jesus, that through your love we got to know them and spend time with them and get to rub off on one another. And God, like... Ginter also said that he learned something huge here and he can take it to the next place. And I just pray, God, just let none of these that move forget or let go, but let them just hold on strongly to what they learned in Christ and let them take it to the next place. And in that place, let them grow even more, God. God, and maybe we one day in your kingdom and in the days to come, just see your hand on them and how how they just fight for your kingdom and forcefully fight and take hold of what you have in store for them. Just be with them, Holy Spirit. Just fill them, clothe them, equip them, make them strong, hold them, God, and just let them flourish in you. Thank you, Lord. Oh Lord, just looking at everyone standing here in front of me, feels like we'll never be the same because of these people and what you've done through them in our congregation, the way that they've shaped us and, and really made such a big impact in the way that we do things, the way that we see things, God. And we really want to honor them for their contributions and um, just the way that they've served and, and loved and laid on their lives for us, Lord. Um, 
oh Jesus, and I pray that that which has been deposited in them through us as a people would, would really bear a lot of fruit wherever they go. God, the blessing that they've been here, so much more in other places as well. God, that there would be an activation in them to, to walk in even more than they did in our congregation, God. We pray that as they found family here, that they would quickly find family wherever it is that you are sending them, Jesus. And that there'll be great friendships, great people that they can run alongside in the kingdom. Lord, and just overall in the places that they're going to be moving, that your hand will be upon them, that you would bless them and keep them, God. Um, that your favor would be upon them. Lord, and just bring about an incredible, incredible work that even us looking from the outside would be amazed at the things that you're still going to do through them, Jesus. Yes, Father, I, wanna, I just want to thank you that um, we could have this time with these special people, these saints of yours. I want to thank you that this is just a, a passing through that um, you have plans and purposes for all of their lives. And that, um, yes, this season that they could rub off on us and that we could rub off on them. Father, we pray that you would um, open the doors now for the next season of their lives, that they would carry testimony, that they would carry a deposit of your Holy Spirit with them, Lord God, that they would, um, that you would crack open areas in churches. Yes, Lord, I pray that you would just give them favor in Jesus' name in this next season of their lives. Lord, we send them with love. We love them so much, and it's, it's a bittersweet moment, but we know, Lord, you have plans for these people in Jesus' name. Our Lord, so, so Lord, we thank you that we can now um, send them, Father, not just to go to a new church or to a new area or not just to go join Jesus, but we can send them with the power of your spirit, Father. We can send them with the life that is deposited in them, Father, to go and see your kingdom advance, Father, wherever you place them. Father, I thank you, I thank you, Father, that even from what happened here, Lord Jesus, will multiply and will be deposited wherever you place them, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray, Lord. Amen and amen. All right. Okay, at, at this moment, I think it's a good time for all the kids that want to need to go to kids' church. If they can quickly go, and then we'll start reading for the testimonies. <laughs> Uh, Gunter, where are you, dude? I just wanna, just wanna say, man, you, you, the, what you've done here is just incredible. The season that we had, or the opportunity that we had to, to get to know you and to do life with you, 
it's, it's, it's not just, it's not just, it's, it's not just come and gone. There's a, there's a meaning and a purpose for everything. And I really do feel that the season that God's going to pull you into now is an imperative season. And be awake and alert um, because God's going to pull you into, into some serious leadership, um, into some serious, um, um, a, a serious season of you giving of yourself. But it's going to come naturally. It's, it's not just going to um, be something that you're going to have to strive for. It's going to happen naturally. And I, re- I do see God's got a place for you. And it's within the body of Christ. Um, and you're going to love his saints. Um, so thank you so much, man. I, I know, Lynn and I have not known you a long time. But that's which we, we, we've had. And the opportunity to, to know you has just been incredible. So I don't want to <laughs> say that. All right. All right, so we, we're going um, to just do uh, some testimonies now. So let me just say something about testimonies. Testimonies are sometimes uh, quite, uh, quite tricky. I, I, I look back at the year, and I, I mean, I, I see, people, see people sitting here, and I, I can tell you, I can honestly see this, like, the amount of growth, and even me and Ock was chatting, just picking out a number of people and thinking where they were a year ago and where they are now, it's, you know, it's, uh, it's just amazing. But sometimes when it comes to testimonies, you know, we sometimes lean to something that in a, in a moment, the, the Damascus moment or some event that shifts something dramatically in a moment. And it's sometimes easier to, to testify about something like that. And you'll see in our testimony moments, it's probably more stuff like, like that. But it's not to diminish work that is God has maybe woven certain things into people's lives slowly that when you look at them, they're completely different people today than they were a year ago even. So, so that's the one. The other thing about the testimonies is uh, I, I got quite a number in. So thank you very much for all the guys that were willing to testify. I, I Just from experience of this Sunday is that... Um, you need to have a limit, all right? <laughs> and uh, um, so I, I, I picked a couple that kind of represents different areas uh, of what God has done. So, um, yeah, so I'm going to read the order. I think the guys that's going to testify know the order, but I'll just uh, um, read it again. So, Emma, you, you on first, if you can come to the front. Emma, Laura, Marik, Marku, Rudy, Warren and Lynn, and then Kyla. Morning. Um, so I get to, yo, I'm really excited about this. So I think it was four months ago. We started with a group and we go to the mall in Somerset and we just start chatting to people. We just evangelize. Um, and I have absolutely no training, none. Um, God just put it on my heart and he gave me the opportunity and I went. And yikes. Um, and okay, so I don't, really don't know how to cut this down, but yeah, there's like, in, when we evangelize, you get everything from people who are spot on, get saved, find Jesus, to people who reject you and cuss you and run away from you. Um, you get everything. So the things I'm showing now is it's really cool to see, but sometimes it goes different. And um, But yeah, I have to stick to the point. So the one day we were walking, and I mean, the mall is a pretty basic place. Everyone goes there. It's everyday people. 
And we go, and this one woman, woman walks past us, and God just puts on my heart, go tell her I'm in control of her chaos. I'm like, okay. And go after, and I just, she was really unkept. Like, her clothes were torn, and she, was, and she had a kid, and it was just a bit of a mess. And I just go to her, and I'm like, Hi, I don't know whether you know Jesus or not, but um, God's really in control. And she stops me, and she's like, why are you here? And I just said, no, like, I don't know whether you know Jesus, but he, he really wants something to tell you. And she's like, just go away. And, we keep, and I just say, mm-hmm. And then I tell her, God's really in control of your mess. But to see how God manifests, like, suddenly she just shifts, and she breaks on the floor in the mall, and she just starts crying. And she's like, who told you that? And then there was this opportunity to share Jesus with her. We shared Jesus with her. She didn't know by a bar of soap who Jesus was. She just knew about this religious guy that hung on a cross, and he's, like, ready to zap you if you do something wrong. Um, and she got to meet a part of, like, a personal Jesus. She got saved. She gave her life to the Lord. Like, while we were talking to her, she was like, yo, and started grueling to getting to know Jesus. Okay, that was the one. The other one, um, it was so cool. Um, the other one, we were walking, and God gives us a word for this one guy. Um, he really loves him. Very basic. Walk to him, and he say, hi, I don't know whether you know Jesus, um, but God really loves you. And he's just very hesitant, and he steps back, and he says, sorry, I can't talk to you, I'm a Muslim. You're like, no, it's okay, it doesn't really change anything, but God really does love you. Like, he's going to love you equally. And, um, yeah, we just start talking to him, and eventually he allows us to pray for him. And as we were praying for him, like, he starts shaking, and he gets hot, and he says, like, what's going on? And we just tell him, like, the Holy Spirit's filling you up. Um, and he just starts crying his eyes out. And then suddenly he stopped and he said, I can't. I can't accept Jesus. Um, I'm Muslim. I'll be rejected. And he didn't end up giving his life to the Lord. But we gave him a Bible. And because we go every week, obviously we saw him the next week. But before we even got to like the shop he works at, he sprints. And he's like, I read this book. I read it. And it came alive. And I was like, come on. So like, even though he didn't get to give his life to God, like he started missioning with him. And every now and then we go to the mall and we see him and like, I read John 4, <laughs> book 6, and we're like, no, it's the other way around. Um, but yeah, and then, it's a lot. Um, and then the third one, Emma Fuerkes. So then there was that one day, like, we just walked around again, and we were praying to people. We prayed for this one um, woman. Her knee, got a word about her knee, started praying for her knee. She was 72 and had arthritis. God healed it. But the big thing to me was her husband. So they were pretty old. Uh, not that age is a thing, but they were so <laughs> One would assume that they, kn- like we walk around with the assumption everyone knows Jesus. Um, and the guy that I was walking with had a word for him and was like, I think you're caught in religion. We prayed for him. A guy that was 73 gave his life to the Lord, which was so cool. But while we were praying for them, I saw in the corner of my eye, there's this like one girl that I've been seeing the entire day. Like we pray here and then I'll see her there. And then we walk there and pray there and see um and when we done there she comes to me and she's like um sorry i just have a question i've been following you the entire day what are you doing <laughs> and she's like okay god usually you send us to people but now you send someone here um and i just tell her okay do you know jesus and she's like no i'm too sinful i don't like i know jesus but like he's there and i'm here and we start sharing but suddenly she's just asking these questions and she said i've been following you around and I want what you have. I want that. And I've never, like, we've never spoken to him. We go out two, two, two. And she said, I'm following you, and I just want what you have. And then God creates this opportunity where we get to share with him and be like, okay, 
this is Jesus. This is what God's heart is. And she gave her life to the Lord. But the cool thing is, I saw her two weeks ago. She started evangelizing on her own. Like she's now going out. We're discipling her. We're walking with her. And she's genuinely reaping souls for Jesus. Um, yeah, and then just one more story. So I had a word for this one guy, and he was also a Muslim. And as we were sharing it, he literally ran away. He didn't want to talk to us. Like, he just ran. So, I mean, you get everything. But to see, yeah, what God does with willingness and obedience, it's really cool. So my talk is done. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Um, okay, four minutes. So... <laughs> Um, I've been trusting for a car for very, very, very long. Um, and throughout the course of this year, it became prevalent that I would actually need one for next year because I was going to start, start teaching more, so I would really need my own transport to go from school to school. And then there was also an opportunity for me to move in with um, Justine and Ash in Die Boer. Um, and I was like, yo, sounds so cool, but it's so impractical because I'm like moving away from campus. And then I would bring the car. But then I was just like, yo, I really feel that the Lord wants this for me. Um, and yeah, so I was like, okay, Lord, I trust that if this really is something that you want for me, that, that you will provide for me to stay there. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I took the leap of faith and um, really prayed and I had some people praying around me as well. I said, okay, I'm going to commit to move away and really just trust that the Lord will provide. Um, so, yeah, just kept praying. And then about a month ago, I got an email that I got a bursary for this year, um, which was a miracle because I applied last year. And then in May, I went to check and it said not assigned. And then the email was like, okay, so you got this bursary. And I've I spoke to the people, they're like, yeah, it's legit, it's for you. So I was like, yo, the Lord is so good. Like, his timing is perfect, because obviously, like, now most of my accommodation has already been paid, and my studies were paid, so this would mean that all of the money just goes to my bank account, and I can buy a car. So I was like, wow, the Lord knows me, he knows what I need. Um, yeah, just his provision is perfect. Um, so then part of the bursary was also that you can get an electronic device, and I really needed a new laptop, and... Like, I had the savings to buy it, but my plan B, in case God said, can you hear me with the wind? <laughs> I was like, okay, I'm saving for a car, so I'm not going to buy a laptop. It was like my plan B. Um, so I was like, okay, let me buy the laptop because I really need it. And then while the bursary hasn't come through yet, I'll just use my savings. And then when the bursary comes, I'll reimburse myself. So I bought the laptop, spent most of my savings on the laptop. And then in that time, there was this thought of like, okay, what would I do if the bursary doesn't come through anymore? And I was like, no, man, the Lord won't do that. <laughs> so then, um, yeah, got the laptop, had a laptop and very little savings. And then the people from the bursary phoned me and said that I can't hold it anymore um, because there was a complication and a mistake on their side. Um, and I was actually not allowed to apply from the beginning. Um, so, yeah, I was really sad. I was like, I don't understand why the Lord would do this. Like, why would he provide for me, like, give me this massive bursary and then just be like, oh, soz, <laughs> my bad. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I was like, Lord, I don't understand what you're doing, but something in me just had peace. Like, the Holy Spirit was so close just to remind me that he is a good father and that he will provide. And, yeah, that, you know, we can trust him. 
So, yeah, I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do now. Like, I have no savings. I can't buy a car on my own now. Like, I really, you're the only one that can do this now. Um, so I just um, sent an email to one of my lecturers. I was like, listen, this is what happened. What do you think about it? And then she said, no, if this is unfair, she's going to email the people. Um, but we didn't have much hope because the way that the contract is structured really just, you know, it's not going to happen that it would be, you know, given back. Um, so I just gave it to the Lord. I was like, Lord, um, please come through. If this is your way of coming through by this bursary, it would be amazing. But otherwise, I really trust you. And then um, that Sunday was the Sunday where everything was about, though you slay me, I will praise you. And in the loss and in the victory and everything. And I was like, Lord, okay, <laughs> I will trust you. Um, and then the Tuesday after that, or the Wednesday, I got an email saying that the bursary will be reinstated. Um, and that's the biggest miracle because I was actually not allowed to apply for it. Um, and the Lord still gave it to me. And yeah, I think just what I learned about like praising the Lord in the loss and in the victory and knowing that he is a father who wants to provide and that you can trust him. Um, yeah, so cool. So the money is in my bank account. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'll buy a car soon. So yeah, I'm so grateful. Yeah, thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> um, so, um, we were praying for the girls in our com uh, on Tuesday night, and it was at the Salem Nakimbuka home. So, and then this Tuesday night was my Tuesday night. I remember being very nervous walking into their home because I knew God was going to speak to me because I knew that He had a lot to say. <laughs> and um, yeah, so basically, by that time, I was believing a lot of lies about God's character and about myself. And I was struggling a lot with um, comparison. I would like um, look at other people and be like, oh my word, God loves them so much. They have this amazing gift. Um, or like, they love other people so much. God was be, must be like so impressed with them. But like me, I mean, I'm just, I'm just me. <laughs> um, so I was really, really struggling to believe that God loved me specifically, um, until the sal started praying. <laughs> um, it was insane. Like, um, just suddenly, like, that night was just insane. Like, the Holy Spirit moved so much, and it was intense joy, intense pain. It was insane. It was <laughs> so much crying. Ask not with me. We all cried. Um, yeah, and like, so the girls started giving me pictures, and we were all praying together, and um, giving me words also, and then there was a moment in prayer where God showed me um, such a personal picture, and yeah, it will stay with me forever, but like, what it comes down to is like, um, God is my father, he loves me, he like, rejoices in me, he wants to delight in me, wants to spend time with me, and um, I can just be a little child, um, sitting on his lap, <laughs> um, and it was just so transformative. I walked out of that house, a changed woman. <laughs> I was, um, your, and there's nothing like the love of God, like, like nothing can change you like the love of God. And, well, and I always knew that God was my father, but I never truly knew what it meant to me, never truly believed it for myself um, until that night. And, um, Yo, it really brought a lot of change. And even the next day, I went to Com, 
and I was just like, like a four-year-old girl. Like everyone thought it was crazy. Like the guys, they, they were like, "What is going on with you?" <laughs> but I was just like so overcome with like, I can just be God's child. Like you know, um, yeah. And it completely changed my relationship with God. I changed the way I see Scripture. Changed the way I worship. Changed the way I pray. Changed the way I relate to God. Changed the way I see other Christians. Um, yeah, basically, God has brought a lot of change in my life. And um, I always used to cringe when people would pray and say, <laughs> I still cringe a little bit. <laughs> when they say, Daddy God. <laughs> but now he's my daddy too. <laughs> All right. Just, just quickly, everybody, just close their eyes. Quickly, just, just, just close your eyes. So, so, so how many, how many of us have, uh, um, have not at times known in our mind that God loves us, but the drop to our hearts has been actually so, so hard, and so much of Marik's story is actually our story, right? So I just, let's just, as we're there, I'm going to ask Marik to just quickly pray for us. And let's just trust that God will do something, and just shift something in our hearts. Okay. Um, Father, thank you for who you are. Thank you that you have invited us into your kingdom, not for anything that we've done, but for Jesus' blood. Thank you that we can be called children of God. Thank you that we can cry to you and say, Abba, Father, thank you that you love us no matter what. Lord, I want to trust that everyone here who is struggling with accepting your love or with like walking in freedom in that area, I pray that you will come and move in their hearts. Holy Spirit, I pray that you will change our hearts. Make us believe what you say about us. Make us believe your heart for us so that we can walk in love with you and that we can just sit on your lap like little children. Um, amen. is much uh, worse than a voice note, hey? <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, a year ago, uh, I really knew God was up to something when um, he led me to transition from a team sport to individual sport. And uh, God likes to work uniquely with me. He likes to flip things around as well while going through something else. Um, and he made me going through a team sport to an individual sport, actually going from an individual player to a team player. And why I'm saying that is as well, when you're in a team sport, um, you're basically part of a community, right? You've got this bunch of group of people, they shower together, eat together, run after a ball together, you know, <laughs> training together, all those stuff, you know, there's blood, sweat and tears involved, but um, so they're quite close, right? But you, you're solely more invested in inwardly towards what you can contribute to this team, what you can serve, what you, you can do, your performance outlet the whole time. And if you don't perform, you're out of there. You know, you, you're not part of this team anymore. And uh, so processing towards the, the uh, individual sport, which was trail running, um, I learned a lot more about myself as well. You know, all the commitment, the determination, the self-discipline you need to put in to be able to to do that. I mean, in a team sport, there's always people relying 
Um, you're relying on telling you you need to be here that time, this place, all that stuff, right? Uh, individual sport, uh, it's the other way around. You know, you have to rely on other people sometimes, but you have to put all of the work. And if you're running, you know, you can't just stop and say, hey, run further for me, climb in my body and run, eh? Uh, but if you're playing in a team, uh, you can sit on a bench and still, still not play one minute and win with the team. So it's a different level that God just worked in my heart. He really permeated through the depths in my canals and, and the roots in my heart, hitting a stone called vulnerability. I think we all know that stone very well, right? Um, so he really softened up my heart, um, dealing with all the background that I've been carried with me, you know, uh, walking in this alone wolf vibe, being this lone ranger, knowing that I don't, I don't need to see, need people. I'll be that one, and God, you know, even if I stand alone, I'll do it. You know, being a strong one always, and all that stuff. So it really came to to show me that my perspective that I had towards churches as well was more or less to, as I viewed team sport, always something I, I can't contribute. What's my performance? Uh, what do I need to bring to the table and, and to stay at this table? And it was a very important step for me after uh, Josh Jen infiltrated my facility here, you know. Um, <laughs> I had to do some recon and check these people out and see if this is a you know a bunch of group of people that I want to be part of because uh, I was looking for the church. I always had this image in my mind that I want to be part of this family, you know, part of this group of people that's just serving the Lord so radically that it's it's life changing to everybody who can see it. And um, so after scouting and checking out the group and things like that. And God working him hard with the vulnerability part, he really actually asked me, like, okay, you need to go put yourself out there and be part of this. And, and it was very tough for me because I had this, um, this exterior of, of being tough and um, not actually want to give over control and um, not letting go of certain things, you know. And, and it's deep-rooted things that you're not always putting attention towards. So after I put myself out there and become part of Gunther and Aiden and group, um, it really opened my heart a bit more of sharing uncomfortable conversation stuff, you know, stuff that's very private that you don't share with anybody else and becoming part of that, that team. But the Lord showed me that it's not a team that you're looking for, it's a family. Um, and he shared through this whole process of permeating through my heart, he says that it's your, your race to run, yeah. And it ran it well. But it, as the African proverb says, that if you want to go fast, go alone. When you want to go far, go together. And I'll rather run this journey together and arrive there together than being there first. And saying this with Afrikaans culture, which is very, very competitive. Um, so this is really just an amazing opportunity for me to, to become part of a, of a group of people, a family that supports you, you know, that's looking out for you, looking out for the interests and the well-being and the needs of you, rather than actually just wanting something from you. And that really just you know, opened my heart to a new level with God as well, um, especially on a fatherly level. So thank you. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Okay, so I actually have a few notes. <laughs> okay, so just um, just to give you guys some background. Um,
Goeiedag, broers en zusters. Okay, just to give you guys some background, I'm about to share a bit of my testimony. My testimony has been going on for a while, and I think this year has been a um, significant breakthrough in my testimony. So, um, yeah, I'm from a small town called Carriedo. Um Okay, so I didn't grow up the easiest, I think. Um, so my dad was quite abusive um, towards my mother, and um, I had to witness these things growing up, and um, it was hard for me. Um, and the fights were mostly about money. And um, <laughs> what happened to me was seeing all these things happen, um, the spirit of abandonment really came into my heart because what happened was when I saw my mother in that place, I thought that she was going to leave me. And um, that really, really um, sat in my heart. And out of that place um, of fearing to be abandoned, I struggled with rejection quite a lot because um, if you're being abandoned or if you're being rejected, it's a fear of being abandoned. So, um, yeah, so I had this feelings of I had to fight for my survival growing up and um, my heart just got so, so, so hard um, growing up and I didn't let my dad in, I didn't let anyone in, I just had to handle these things by myself. Um, so one of the, 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 the fruits of this was um, in school, I actually had a lot of girlfriends. So if I um, didn't have one, I would have like two or three lined up at the back just in case this one doesn't work out. So it was really just, and, and that was really out of a place of fear of being alone. And um, oh. <laughs> yeah, so um, I got to Stellenbosch and, um, and then I, I got saved. And um, of course, getting saved, now you have a, a whole new group of people that you need to be accepted by. And um, <laughs> I then became a Christian. And being a Christian, you need to do certain Christian things, probably. Um, well, that's what I thought. Um, so I actually still struggled with sin after I gave my life to the Lord quite a lot. And um, it was ongoing. And I was just so scared that I actually, when I confess or when I speak about the sin, that people will reject me again. So that fear of rejection just came up and it wasn't dealt with at all. Um, so I was scared to be vulnerable with these people. Um, yeah, so I had a lot of hurt because um, I, I didn't deal with these things um, that I struggled with in the past. And it almost felt like I was powerless to sin. It's crazy because... When sin comes, I would, I would almost have no control over it. I would go every time. Like it had such a grip on me. And it was scary. It was scary. Till, um, till I actually, <laughs> I pressed into the Lord so, so hard. And um, <laughs> it was crazy because he told me these words and it, it broke me. He said, I will never leave you. And when he said those words to me, just liberation and it's so cool because the freedom or the the truth will set you free and when he said you will never i will never leave you i knew that if i pressed into <laughs> into this and if i started to become vulnerable with these people he's still going to be there you know he's still going to love me he's still going to accept me um so that was the first thing and um crazy enough still struggled with sin after that <laughs> quite a lot and um when he said, I'll never leave you, um, what this did was it gave me the confidence to actually to go up to um, these amazing people, the father and the mother of the house, <laughs> uh, 
and to share actually with them what I've been struggling with and just how they accepted me. And the thing that still stands out, Kala was like, when I told him, he was like, so cool, now you don't have to fight this thing alone. And it was like, what? Like reject me or something was like, no, now you don't have to fight this thing alone. And that really, really was, uh, that's so much to my heart. Um, and we went through deliverance and stuff like that. And um, it, was, it was amazing. And um, fell again, fell again to a, a lot of sin, bondage, struggles. And um, then the, 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 the enemy came in, the accuser of the brethren. And um, what he started saying was, dude, you've been delivered of this. Like, how can you still be struggling with this? Surely, surely, you're not really a Christian. And um, it's so crazy that you can hear the voice. And, um, and then God came again because God is relentless. He's relentless. He wants his children so, so bad. No matter what and how dark and how deep and how far you've gone, he just comes back every time. <laughs> so he came back. And um, the second breakthrough um, was there actually in the area of finance because I thought that I was never going to be looked after. And he said, you are looked after. And that was the second thing that he told me. And out of that place, I went back, spoke to, to, um, to the leaders, and again, and again, was vulnerable and um, breakthrough. Finally, I could feel like a son in the home, and um, yeah, completely accepted. So um, just standing out here, I just wanna, I wanna encourage you guys that um, to keep pressing in. That's the way you beat the spirit of rejection to press into family, and also be accepted into the house of God as a son. And I can stand here and I can say that I'm a son, and I'm loved, and I'm looked after, and he will never leave me. So praise God for that. so lovely to see everybody. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, we're just going to share a bit of our testimony, just um, of where we've come from and what God's done in our hearts and our lives. Um, yeah, so Warren and I got married in 1999, and we, um, we, six months later, we just felt that God wanted us to go to the UK. So um, yeah, we, we left with two little suitcases and went across there. And um, yeah, we just felt God really um, wanted to use us there. So we were open, and um, we just started off. We went to the Vineyard Church and really just enjoyed that. But then God took us up a bit north um, of the country, and, um, and we got involved in Manchester. Then came back down again. So God really just moved us around a little bit at first. But then, yeah, came, came, um, came back down, um, and we wanted to really settle and have children. Um, and God placed us with the New Frontiers Churches. Um, we got stuck into Hatfield um, New Frontiers Church, King's um, Community Church, with Dave and Jackie Rigby, and oh goodness, we just loved church. We, we, it was part of the university, 
Um, so very similar to this um, with lots of young people. And, um, yeah, we started to do groups in our homes. We, we started to invite people. We would do always a meal before we did community. So, um, yeah, I love the cooking and doing food and, yeah, <laughs> you know, just making people feel at home and just part of us. And, um, yeah, that was our heart, you know. And we just so wanted to run with what God had for us. Um, and we just put it all out there. But at the same time, life became so busy. Um, both Warren and I were working at the same time. Um, yeah, I was, I started to do literally everything. I started from cleaning. I went to working in the evenings at the co-op. I went to then um, working with the kids at the preschool and um, teaching and then started to do a teaching um, course. So yeah, it was just full on. Warren um, was working six days a week um, for the for the company um, Chekalo Tiles. Um, he had to manage a shop. So goodness, it was really hard because um, yeah, he didn't see the girls. Um, so yeah, he had to work a whole day Saturday. Um, so we only had Sunday, and Sunday we felt we wanted to give it to church and to um, what God was doing um, in our lives. So we'd be at church on Sunday morning. Um, we'd be at meetings during the week trying to, you know, just, just to do church, you know, because we love church and we want to give to church. But at the same time, we were doing work, and we were trying to make a living and trying to survive and, you know, see to the girls. And, you know, and life just became so busy. Life just became so busy. It just, um, and I think, you know, God gave us such a picture in the beginning of our time in the UK of us rescuing people from drowning. Um, and, um, yeah, we just saw us, you know, really working together, rescuing those people from death, you know, to life. And we just really became so busy in life that, yeah, Juan's going to carry on. Yeah, so, <laughs> so, in that train, you can hear a lot of busyness. Um, what became, um, you know, just being involved in church and, and in work became uh, a sense of doing things in the flesh. Um, we knew God. We had relationship with Him. But we were just doing things in the flesh because we knew how to do it. And we were seeing incredible God move incredibly amongst um, the people that, that um, we were dealing with. But we were just... It was becoming mundane. It was becoming cold. Um, and, um, yeah, and then God repotted us to another New Frontiers church. Um, we got the prophetic word, and then the leadership said, guys, we really feel we want to send you to this church now. And we went to this church, and God opened up the heavens. Um, we, again, we saw God move in incredible ways. Um, and we got, again, so busy. I then got promoted um, where I was working, and my busyness became even more busy. And before, before we knew it, I was literally going from one meeting to the next. I was coming back on a, on a five o'clock in the evening and then literally gobbling down food, having a quick catch-up with my family, and off I'd go to the next meeting. It was meeting after meeting. And a sense of the enemy really using this busyness to, to take away from my time spent with the Father. And um, yesterday, and it got to a place where I spiritually became dry. I was in the midst of believers and brothers, but I became spiritually dry. And, um, and that season, it was like God saying, like God would be constantly speaking to us um, in those seasons, you know. Um, but, but because we were so in love with the church, with God's bride, you know, it was like 
We wanted to see that thing growing. Like God's going, you know, your relationship with me is more important than that at the moment. And God brought a, a stop in, just stopped the whole thing. And then um, immediately we said, okay, we need change in our lives, Lord. But how is this change going to come? And um, I remember crying out to God saying, Lord, you're going to have to bring the change because I, I really believe what your word says. And when you speak about the church, and God brought the change. And um, we sold our house, and there was two miracles that happened in that alone where our house uh, went, we had two floods, and we would, in England, when you when you have a flood, that's it. You're not going to sell your house, man, because you've got to declare it. And and I remember I remember walking down the steps in the, in the second flood saying, and this is after we're just now going to, we'd spoken to the estate agent saying, we're going to put our house in the market because we feel that, Maybe God wants us further north now, you know. Um, and we got the second flood. I remember walking down the stairs and looking at my house flooded after we'd done this, these changes the second time. And uh, I remember God saying, Warren, uh, are you going to listen to the world or are you going to listen to me? And, um, and anyway, I went through the whole, to get the long story short, our house sold for like incredible amounts of money. And um, yeah, it was a miracle. <laughs> I mean, even 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 the bloke that came to they, when you put your house up on the market, they they send these um, these guys that would do tests in your house, and they would literally prod and prick holes through every wall to see the dampness, so they could report to the person who's going to purchase your house. And this guy would literally come after spending an hour there, saying, "Can I lift up floors now?" And I'm going, "We haven't even, we've dried the house, but." I know there's going to be dampness under our, our floorboards and uh, because we just didn't have the money to, to change that. And this guy came back and he looked at us and said, are you sure your house was went through a flood? And I said, yeah, man, too. <laughs> and um, he looked at me and he said, well, your house is, is dry um, as every other normal house would be. And, um, and I heard God say, that's your first miracle. And, um, and then the second one came and it was... It was just continued. It continued. And um, oh, what am I missing here? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then, oh yeah, and then we were put out. We were now selling our house. And we felt like there was coming a change. And I was also offered eldership in the church that we were in. And I felt like I had this torn thing in me because the church was so important for me. But I knew that God and obeying God was even more important. This, this sense of obedience. And... Um, and yo, know, and before I was walking the dog one day, I remember in a beautiful common area. We lived in the area called um, Redbourne, Hertfordshire, and I was walking our little dog, and I get this phone call from my brother-in-law, and it was quite weird. And I'm like, "What?" And he was sitting with his business partner, and he literally we had a quick catch-up, and he said, "Warren, we heard you just sold your house, um, and we really feel impressed in our heart." We selling our houses up in Joburg, and we're going to create a little office in, in Cape Town. We, we would love you to come on board and, and, and head up operations for us. And I'm like going, yo, but this is IT. I I'm not an IT bloke, man. I'm an artist, you know. This is, <laughs> this is all about network building and stuff like that. And, um, and to cut the long story short, um, we ended up coming down um, to, to Cape Town. And how gra God just grafted me in. It took us two years to build our house and start getting settled. And culturally, do you want to take over? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, just to 
just to say that, yeah, w- you know, we were so burnt out that when we came back here, our hearts weren't for church in a sense. We just wanted to just, yeah, just really just disappear in a way. <laughs> you know, just don't anybody see us. We just didn't want hey, to be part of anything. Yeah, there was that sense of just so such a lot of times, and we knew because we were still spending time with God, but in that place we were, there was hurts that maybe have come up, uh, you know, where we experienced hurts. There were things like, look, Lord, we really thought that you, this is what you wanted for us, you know. And now you've got us here. And, and okay, we've been obedient now, you know. And yesterday, and we started looking for churches, guys. And it was like one or two. Yeah, but, be, but, but, but yeah, even, you know, we, we just looked at them, you know. But then we would have that feeling of, no, we don't want it. We, we you know, we, we just didn't want it. And then Hannah and Rebecca started saying, Mom, why aren't we in church? Why? What is, why is it? Why are we not? Um, we, you know, we, we, we want to be part of church again because they remembered church in England, you know. And they said, why, why? And then even friends of ours would say to us, why, guys, why, aren't you, why haven't you started into a church? Where are you? Why are you not building again? And it was, yeah, it was that, you know, continuous. And then, um, yeah, we then decided to start looking for churches. So, yeah, um, it was sh- shortly, uh, we've still got time. Shortly after that, I had a friend of mine who was one of the elders, uh, one of the lead elders, and he came to visit us, and he was like going, dude, man, just get grafted in, you know, you know, you've got to get grafted in, you can't do this on your your own, and I just felt like, yo, I don't know if I'm at that place yet, you know, I'm quite happy right now, we've just finished building a house, our kids are culturally not in, grafted in yet into South African society, and... um, (laughs) But, you know, God had a plan, and God's Spirit started breathing upon us, and we started coming to visit, um, yeah, the studies, uh, studies AM, and just seeing you guys, a lot of you weren't then back then, but um, just... But I think it just felt like home. Yeah. It's just, we walked in, and immediately we just sensed God's presence, and just, just the love of people, you know, just, um, I remember Lizelle being the first one to walk up to me, and she just started talking to me, and I thought, wow, you know... <laughs> We were sit. We always used to sit at the back, and <laughs> uh, we had this excuse that we had kids, you know, and we'd sit at the back, and 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 then we would slowly but surely start moving to the middle, um, and and Sundays would start becoming exciting again because the spirit of God would start breathing upon us, life upon us. And then, yeah, and then our girls started to just love it. You know, the students came up to them. And, goodness, they started talking to my girls because, you know, I thought, oh, goodness, there's no kids in this church. How are my girls going to fit in? You know, they um, Hannah was, 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 what, 12, 13, and Becky was 9, 10. You know, and I thought, oh, goodness, how are they going to fit into a church where there's no children? Um, there's nobody their age. And yet God was so good because he brought the students around my girls. And they loved my girls. They mentored them. And then Hannah, she just said, Mom, I love this. I want to I want to get baptized. I just see there's just something that we we didn't have and now I want this. I'm just hey, um, yeah. yeah, and then uh, God uh, yeah. since that baptism was key yeah. for us because yeah. God just came and wrecked us. Yeah. <laughs> As a family and I thought <laughs> <laughs> oh, I 
possibly get this kid even more? It's like God's coming. It's just like more and more and more and more of him. And we're at a place now, man, where we are so hungry for God. And I want to just encourage you all. I don't, don't want to do the whole thing. Do you know, we've got to be knitted in. This is, this is kingdom right here, guys. Family, we've got to be knitted in. We cannot do this alone. And we've learned it, eh? I mean, we've really walked it. Um, and now Hannah is, is super amped. She's off, she, she got into BSc in studies. And she's made a decision, no, Dad, I, I really need, I feel like I really need to head and do a year out of my life. I want to give to the church, you know. And it's amazing how God has just, and He's done it. It's not us. He's done it. He's grafted us in, knitted us in. And, uh, and now Hannah's off next, that's now going to be another stage of our life. <laughs> but Hannah's off in January. Next year, the next one. Eh? <laughs> 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 but you made me cry a lot now. <laughs> the cool thing is, for those that know, don't know them, they're actually elders of us now. <laughs> All right, Kyla is going to be the last. The worship team can come up. Kyla's going to sing our testimony. <laughs> I think the worship team can come up so long um, if you guys want to. So, wow, that's crazy. Um, I sometimes express myself better through just writing, and sometimes I write songs. And um, it's been, yeah, this year has been, well, the last couple of years have been interesting for me. It's been quite, um, yeah, a journey with the Lord. Um, and this year I've just really been faced with, brokenness in my heart <laughs> and um, just getting really discouraged with like Lord why am I still struggling with these things like I, there's a lot of things that um, affect just everyday life like relationships and stuff and I'm just I'm just like Lord why are we still here why why do I keep feels like I'm going around the same mountain the whole time and um, I was just getting really discouraged in my journey yeah, I just want to, I guess, want to testify of God's, just his, his faithfulness and his goodness, because in this time, um, even when it felt really difficult and, like, really long, um, every time I go to him, um, can you hear me? Okay. Okay, cool. Yeah, just uh, every time I go to the Lord, he's so faithful to meet me there and to comfort me, um, and yeah, I know, yo, sorry, my words, in this time, like, I've just been reminded of the Israelites, and how to um, look at them as an example of what not to do <laughs> in, in a desert season, in a time that's difficult, and I really, really felt strengthened by the Lord to look at Him, and to remind myself of His faithfulness, even though, like, circumstantially, it doesn't always look good, and it looks difficult, but to remind myself like he's there and he's with me on my journey and he's faithful and it's not gonna always be like this um but even in the difficult times he's he's right there um so i'm gonna just not talk anymore <laughs>
tired hands and a weary heart Drooping knees need a restart Thought I knew how this journey was gonna go Yet to reach the end of this long road you say oh child I'll never let you go keep your eyes on the straight and narrow keep your eyes on the straight and narrow I'm with you till the end don't ever doubt faithful and we can really trust them um, regardless of what we're going through. Ah, all right. So I think uh, let's, let's all come to the front. Please come in position, come close. Sorry, just before we start, someone said that they've got more washing pegs. If we can please just get some for the music. <laughs> Otherwise, it's going to be a struggle. 